And hello, everybody. Welcome to WD Carousel of Podcast. My name's Crystal. And I'm Ian. And today we are going to do a little bit of history. Um, we're going to call it the evolution of hybrid movies because that sounds a lot more eloquent. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't know how else to phrase this. I was, no, I get that. I was trying to figure out what the actual title is to these types of movies and most of the time when i googled hybrid movies the hybrid movie from 2014 came up (laughs) which sometimes research is annoying (laughs) yeah that's just like a rated d level don't know yeah but it's not a good one it's just no just no so So, we're gonna cover that today no i'm sorry (laughs) Not quite, but what we're talking about is we're talking about the crossover between live action movies and animated Mm -hmm. movies Mm -hmm. and the evolution of them, the process of them might nerd out a little bit on technique and yeah, because they've been going on a heck of a lot longer than I thought they would. Right, right. So, Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to dive in? I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm like looking at my notes and I'm like, so back in 1900, 1900 legit that right. year, um, legit. not in the 1900s, but 1900, no. there was yeah. a silent movie that came out that was called The Enchanted Drawing. And this yes. is the first like noted hybrid movie, if we want to call yeah. it that. And the premise of it is it's a silent movie, so there's no sound. Um, But there is an actor who has like a huge pad of paper next to him in front of an Mm -hmm. audience. And Mm -hmm. he's drawing this face to interact with. And he'll do things like, you know, hand him a drink, light a cigarette. There was like part with a hat. Um Sure. took the cigarette or the cigar excuse me cigar away and so then the face became sad but it was very like rudimentary sort of drawing so we're talking almost stick figure like mm-hmm. in the just face so it wasn't even like a full body it was just the head of right. a random male that <laughs> was on that piece of paper that the uh, live actor was interacting with at that time yeah and that's kind of really the impetus for the whole deal. Yeah, it started all this off. Um, and how they did this was stop motion animation. So because right. it was a movie, they decided that they were going to do a recording of the actor's motions. And then mm-hmm. they had that little not little it was a huge like basically legal pad i don't know why i keep thinking legal pad but like one of those huge (laughs) white pads of paper on an easel next to them um and then like handed off items to it and then took items back and so what they did in the actual like finishing of the film was just draw on the legal pad that had just been sitting there to interact appropriately per cell of movie to yeah. So, interact. Yeah, frame frame by frame. Yeah, basically. that's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. What they what they typically do with, with this and I guess my, my my most famous example, favorite in my brain of stop motion is probably Wallace and Gromit. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's claymation. just it's just quintessential Ard- Ardman. Yeah, that's the yeah claymation with stop motion. They uh you just you, they just have they sit there and they have their film uh, movie camera and instead of turning it on they just advance frames. So they just sit there and go okay take three shots and they just like basically build the movie frame by frame from scratch, which is just insanity to think about. It takes like three times as long to do anything Mm -hmm. when you're doing stop motion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this one was based off of stop motion animation. So I don't know if, I mean, I don't actually, I don't think that they were, I don't think they actually drew on the cells at the time. I think it was actually like they stopped filming drew the face. And they changed it. Stopped filming. Yeah. And and then restarted filming and then just had that, back and Actor. forth going on yeah yeah i don't know it's, yeah it's a it's a neat it's definitely like people when people start to understand that you could stop a frame and and change something between the next that and the next frame like that was a complete game changer in yeah. terms of editing and special effects like it was it was a, a big deal i'm gonna try to not go full nerd on this because <laughs> i could and i, I oh, won't oh yeah i i mean we're getting into this episode knowing that the uh, <laughs> the film nerd that is my co-host will be very happy to talk about technicals oh, yeah. uh, let's move on to the next one in 1914 yeah. there was the um i want to say like introduction of Gertie the dinosaur and Gertie the dinosaur was actually a vaudeville act. So there was a live person on stage in front of an audience that would then mm-hmm. play this hand-drawn animation again, black and white, lots of stick figures um, movie about a dinosaur and mm-hmm. using certain like cues on screen. The actor knew what the dinosaur was gonna do so could play up the oh gertie don't eat that tree you must be hungry and blah 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 blah, blah. or if you're if you're listening to me lift your right paw and wave to the audience and that sort of thing so i mean it was it was definitely like a a vaudeville act so a lot of people were wowed by this and thought that there was an actual interaction going on between the live person and this and drawn dinosaur, but right. it had to do with a lot more nerddom. <laughs> right, right. Being able to, so basically they were, they had timed ways that were allowed the, the live person to understand what the, what the, what the animated thing was doing next. Mm-hmm. So it's like keyframes, registration marks, they used yep. tracing papers on the, um, on, on the film that was made. Sure. Um, they did animation loops. I mean, this was taking the next step Mm -hmm. to being able to interact in IRL. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. But still the, um, element that was missing was the true first hybrid, which we will talk about as in 1918. So seriously, again, not too far, far off of you know, everything going on, um, right. still pre sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, there was out of the inkwell, which was a Coco, the clown. Now, um, Coco was actually just this little happy looking clown. Don't think evil, scary clown that right. would <laughs> like the size of a mouse 
and would explore the real world around them. And mm-hmm. this is one where they actually invented the rotoscope. So projecting, uh, making the movie, and then actually doing the animation on top of the film cells. So yep. I was incorrect the first time, and this is this is where it is now. <laughs> I, I'm not... A- I'm not a film junkie like you are. And but, well, to be fair, like I didn't know that time for me there. So like, I don't know, sir. yeah. So what they did for the rotoscope is that they projected the film through an opening in the easel that was covered by a glass pane to draw on the surface. So kind of like one of those light boxes, but it actually had, you know, the film behind it. Yeah. So that way yeah. they could uh, do one frame at a time, trace out the actions of Coco oh. on top of the, live action movie live that thing. already existed yeah yeah so yeah the rotoscoping is like even in like the digital world like when i do they call it usually masks in digital systems now like that i use but a lot of times you still they'll still call it a rotoscope because it's like the same thing we have to like cut out stuff with different mats and stuff and they, they that's like what they still call it, even though there's nothing to do with the original process it's just how they refer to it well it's an old-timey vernacular yeah. that we it's enjoy. It's just like how all of our all of our save, you know, like save buttons are all still a floppy disk. <laughs> floppy disk. <laughs> and it's a three inch floppy. Get it right. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is true. No, this is true. It's not a bigger floppy. Not right. <laughs> and then it finally leads us to um Laughagram, uh aka what eventually became the Walt Disney Company and their nineteen twenty three release of the Alice comedies. And yes. the Alice comedies were the first time that they actually took a live action actor and put her inside of an animation. So everything else kind of was in the real world and then they had animation within it in yep. some aspect. So the Alice comedies really made the step forward into um, going into imagination and being able to explore areas that and and yeah. you know, where physics doesn't exist and all of these right, like imaginary right. creatures don't exist and you can totally like the world is your oyster at that point in time. And right. it was through Walt Disney, um, Ub Iwerks and a whole bunch of other people through Laughogram films that created the technique, um, which is basically a white screen that they had the actress act out a scene in front of maybe one or two props to like jump off of or, you know, slide down, that sort of thing. But because they used a white background, they were able Mm -hmm. to actually go in and hand animate each one of those cells that were recorded. Yeah. Being able to put them into that is, I think that's so they so that's that's something I actually wasn't sure of. So they actually drew directly onto each actual frame. Is I, that how they I did that? I believe so. Now, okay, those who are nerds about this can go ahead and yell at me in the comments about how I got this wrong. <laughs> but I know that it was basically their first take version of what we know now known as greed screen. Yeah. So they actually they actually would have called this technically a luma key. A luminance key because mm-hmm. it's totally bright um and and i if, if i remember so if they didn't do compositing which they maybe didn't at this point because it was kind of early but if they used like an optical printer and did compositing like you could have used that blown out white background as a way to isolate the actress mm-hmm. but i don't know that they they had done that yet they might have just been like all right well this is a blank slate for us to work on i, I, mean, don't, I, I feel don't know. like we might have covered that a little bit in our Ub iWorks episode we did. <laughs> 
Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if you want to know more about that, then maybe go listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were smarter back then. My notes didn't <laughs> translate were. that over here because I was more that's focused funny. on the movies. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So 1923 Alice Comedies, first time actually yeah. taking a live action human and putting mm, them into right. Which is a completely different world. Pretty, pretty complicated, to be honest. Very much so. Um, yeah. There had been other movies that started popping up with this. Nowhere is it only the Disney company that did hybrid movies, but they're the only ones that I found, especially early on, that actually did feature like films versus sure. shorts or, you know, right. educational films, that sort of thing. Yeah. Speaking of educational films, there was the 1941 release of The Reluctant Dragon, which is a Disney film. It's one that a lot of people are not familiar with because essentially The Reluctant Dragon is a feature film that's a behind the scenes of the animated process. Right. It was sort of like a like a animation. It was a tour of their pretty much their new studio, right? I mean, more or less. Kind of, but not as a here's this room and then on the left we're going to have no it was uh, an animated or a story maker who tried to sell his story or his wife told him he needed to sell his story to disney about the reluctant dragon and had an appointment and she dropped him off and drove away so he had to stay there <laughs> he was kind this of seems like somebody that i would be married to just like do the thing and just leave and so he's basically there they put a kid on him to basically bring him to walt and he keeps like avoiding and evading the kid and ends up you know hiding in all these different little rooms but they talk about the animation process they talk about um hybrid processes they do music and they have the orchestra they have recording of um voice animations they do the oh i am the folio room they go through the Mm -hmm. um multi-plane camera room they i mean they go very in depth into all of this and spoiler alert at the end like he runs into walt that is in one of the preview rooms where it happens to be playing the reluctant dragon (laughs) coming in because his wife gave walt all the info all already and that's funny i know uh I know um, I, I did not have a chance. I'll, I'll, I'll level with you guys. I did not have a chance to watch this, but I did do a little bit of research before we recorded today. And a fun fact that I that this is something that I feel like since we're a podcast that looks at the holistic aspects of Disney, like the whole picture, not just little pieces of it. They um, this was actually released right around the time they were having the animator strike. So it was it was it was sort of it was sort of Disney like Walt Disney's like propaganda film to get people on <laughs> a sympathetic term with the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, it was like a it was like a thing which and they also just built a new studio. So it was like it kind of worked out that way. But yeah, there was certainly that was certainly an aspect of it. Just yeah. something to be something interesting. Yeah. And you can find it on Disney Plus. I I'd seen yeah. it there and um, it's a good it's a it's a fun way to get to know the behind the scenes of an animated movie, um, hybrid movie, whatever might have any sort of illustration in it. Parks 1990. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'll stop. There's there's a whole (laughs) list from here of movies now that have the occasional side hybrid to it so it might not be the primary focus of the film like Fantasia. You see Mickey running up to the conductor. Um, Three Caballeros 
has Donald flirting with a salsa dancer. Um, I mean, there's uh, Song of the South has Donald. the Bluebirds talking to Uncle Remus and yep. zippity doo die daying all over the place. Um, and then we'll get into like 1959, which is actually the first real movie that they took hybrid in a different aspect uh, within the Walt Disney Company. And that yeah. was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. So you're okay. not going to find the, you know, hand-drawn animation at that point in time. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, obviously 2D character put in yeah. a 3D world. But right. they used a lot of the same techniques and they were really advancing. They were They were using the techniques they had learned for animation and were able to apply it to the words there then they were able to apply it to doing like actual special effects for like a live action film which yeah, is so which like is an the, interesting the green application screen again and you know they had yeah. to have like the yeah. actors acting out their little leprechaun roles in front mm -hmm. of like a big blank screen in the back and mm -hmm. you know that they then superimposed another actor pretending to be the human um reacting yeah. with everybody and i know that ub had a big hand with that forced perspective and hybriding the movie that way too so yeah. that's where they really got into basically special effects cgi's pre pre-cgi cgi's yes exactly <laughs> it's like yeah exactly it was it was it was compositing in like what would become like the final current computer compositing form, except they were doing it with no computers, which is unbelievably interesting <laughs> to me. And then comes Mary Poppins. Classic. So 1964, everybody knows. <laughs> Hopping into the sidewalk chalk <laughs> paintings yep, yep. and having the dancing penguins. And a lot of those movies have stuck you know, in our hearts, whether it be Mary Poppins, Bedknob and Drumsticks, yeah. Pete's Dragon, all of those guys had interactive characters that, you know, were able to communicate with the actors. And it was just, yeah. it's, it's the hybrid movies that, you know, we grew up we with. All that kind we all know and yeah, love. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. And then they took it to the next level. <laughs> Tron. In, yes, 1982 <laughs> Tron. Oh my god. So not the most recent Tron. No, but no, no. Yeah. A hybrid movie is still live action plus. Yep. Plus blank. animation. And so this is where they really started getting into like computer graphics and yeah. trying to figure out how to hybrid the newest technology of animation mm -hmm. into real world and live action situations right right and that one was computer generated right to a certain degree to a certain degree but they still had you know they had the faces that were live action they had the right. actions that were right. live action the oh, costumes yeah. Yeah. that were live action um, but the uh but, but the but the those scenes were like the like the backgrounds a lot of them were generated yeah so the backgrounds were generated the yeah. uh, motorcycles were generated there were just a lot of different like disc things and i mean it yeah. was it was a hybrid movie but it was the next level next thing it was right. trying to make you feel like you were in the middle of the video game yeah absolutely. and you know suspend that disbelief that this is 
not possible because it doesn't exist and it's not real. Right. And right. right. It's the first movie that I saw evidence of them doing this kind of hybriding. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Still still and, ranks up there a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um have you seen it I, recently? I haven't. I haven't seen it the original is, recently. It is absolutely the cheat. Like I saw it probably <laughs> in the last two years. It is just like, wow, this is crazy. I mean it's like you kind of have to just love it because it's so unbelievably like far fetched in you know what I mean? Like to a certain mm-hmm. degree, but it's, Oh, it's so funny. I, I, I enjoy it. Also a very young <laughs> Jeff Bridges always makes me laugh. It's, he's a, he's a bundle of joy. So. Video games yeah. for spring. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Sorry. Groundbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. different. Whatever. Just ignore me. <laughs> um, and then we'll just talk about the Cadillac. Oh, of, yeah. of hybrid movies the, 1988 the Rolls Royce of uh, framed Roger Rabbit yeah now that there's, is there's a couple reasons yeah. why this even though it seems like yeah they've been doing the same sort of thing for years now now this is this is like the highlight this is the best um mm-hmm. I'm gonna put it on that pedestal of yeah. hybrid movies I don't think anyone would disagree with you on that. If they do, I would love to hear their thoughts on that. But I mean, it's truly one of the very it's probably it is the best hybrid film with with traditional cartoons yes, ever made. Yes. Traditional animation. So as most people should know by now, if you don't, you better check out this movie. It is yeah. one of the few collabs between the Walt Disney Company, Warner Brothers, and I think there was another smaller yeah, animation house in there else. too. I can't remember, yeah. but they all yeah. like faked that they were part of the Acme. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a fascinating film that way. Like, there's who who like who like how what did what did, what did Zemeckis do to make this the work? The amount I do not know. of money that went into being able to use all of oh these copyrighted God. characters, insanity, <laughs> insanity. But um, yeah, so it's an old sort of mystery spy movie where mm-hmm. you know somebody dies. They're trying to figure out who done it, and a lot of the suspects are animation characters you see a lot of behind Mm -hmm. the scenes where it's like the fantasia you know hippos and ostriches going to their um their (laughs) sets and then there is like the cows trying out for this scene in this show and they made it very period so whatever disney was going to be producing at that time like fantasia so like late 30s early 40s um exactly they they were making sure that they were appropriate for the animation that they were using at the time but what makes this above and beyond is the physical interactions that happened at this point in time we had kind of talked a little bit about the physical interactions with like the very first you know movie that came out the enchanted drawing there was a passing of like a cigar drink Mm -hmm. all of that gertie the dinosaur you gesture a little bit um, you can right. kind of fake interactions between. I know that even in uh, Mary Poppins with the penguins, there was, you know, a slight interaction like with one of them kissing her cheek. Yep. But this is the first time where you actually had like handcuffs, real legit physical handcuffs yeah. on the actor. And yeah. there was a chain hanging off of it where another handcuff that was IRL 
a real handcuff was attached yeah. to Roger. So it wasn't that it was um, a cartoon handcuff at that point in time, but right. they were actually able to pull the gags off with like real life real props. props. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the first time that, and I don't know the best way to describe this, but I think the, instead of like interaction, it's like almost like the animated, the, the tunes take up, volume in the real world yeah. like from like a visual perspective it's it's fascinating they have and shadows have and shading yeah. on the ground yep. they are colored so that way you know they're still cartoons and they're you know but but they're given depth so yep. you can see them as if they actually did exist in a 3d world even though yeah. they're beloved well-known 2d characters yeah yeah it's it's fascinating like really truly like what they're able to do in this movie and it's become a standard for like the tech that's happened going forward like the things that that were done on who framed roger rabbit have become like industry standard components for doing compositing and visual effects like it's it's amazing that movie so Um, it is the cadillac it is the cadillac and i don't think we're gonna see another one quite like it ever again I mean, it, the amount of work alone, the amount of work, the amount of um, ownership that went, and partnership that mm-hmm. went into this. Yeah. Um, it was it was a really amazing movie. Now, there have been others that have come out since then. We'll talk about, you know, Space Jam, which has a cult following, too, and a yeah. kicking soundtrack yeah. that now I have in my head. Um, <laughs> the new Mary Poppins, two just came out last year yeah the year before oh, gosh, yeah, mary poppins returns whatever it is um, i haven't seen that one yet but that has Some you know love. an animation section too and yeah. so they're still creating these but it's so much easier to do it with the current animation mm-hmm. systems that exist mm-hmm. um because yeah. it's all computer generated it's easy to you know even on our phones just delete an area and be able to <laughs> yeah paste something on there so exactly. it's not as stellar. Hey, don't mind me. My cat just moved my microphone out of the way for me. Rude. <laughs> so um, <laughs> rude. if you want to get into some of the technical concepts, we definitely can. I know that we've talked a bit about like highlights of each of the big yeah. guys that I brought up, but there's so much yeah. more that comes into actually producing can, an animated or can, a hybrid movie. Yeah, I can go through like a really abbreviated version of kind of what the basic flow would look like for a movie that from like the Mary Poppins to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit era and that kind of in that zone. Um, Basically, what they do is they take the original. So they capture all the the original footage first from the live action stuff, obviously. Mm. Uh, And then what they do is they create these black and white print like work prints and they uh, I don't remember what they call it. Yeah, they call them photostats like this kind of like black and white reference shot that the animators can use. When they start going through and you know build you know building all their animated scenes, then they in, they animate each independent frame like you would do with a normal animated film, where they in between and do everything just like we've talked about in traditional animation, uh, except they build it with no background. Uh, now there's a lot of challenges that come along with this. So they just make these characters, and this is like in the case of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, they create no background, and they go through and they've they build these characters out where they have just. No, nothing in the background and then they have they build them out and um but the, the, there's a couple of tricks with this now in the case of who, who framed roger rabbit which i'm kind of using as like the pinnacle of this process uh they had to make sure that because 
the director wanted the cameras to move around. Well, there's some challenges there because then the the animators have to compensate for that where they can where they're able to make sure that the the tune stays in the shot where it's supposed to be even though the camera is sliding around. So they had to make sure perspective was matched and stuff like that, which is very very complicated. Um so that's that's kind of so they did all that. They created these non-background characters on prints and then onto cells, and then they would go through and composite these shots into the original uh, uh, prints of the of the background, the, the live action, and they do that with an optical printer, which is basically like a couple of projectors and a camera. I was I was going to say, didn't they basically just kind of play them together and then just reshoot yeah. the film? Basically, yeah, <laughs> which is crazy because every time you do it, you degrade it a little bit. So it's a is you know it's the process of using an opti- like a the optical printer is such a a huge component because you've got these frame synced projectors and and camera and they all and there can be as many as like twenty of these projectors and they're all throwing images onto this onto this one raster onto this one cell and then it's just being captured and played back into a new thirty five millimeter. Uh, negative which is just it's so crazy weird. like it's it's such an amazingly ridiculous thing they're like this will work yeah this is fine and they did it and it and it works but it's <laughs> a lot of optics it's very complicated it's very expensive um but the craziest thing about who framed roger rabbit it's just kind of like an extra fun note they actually sent the uh prints of just the or the yeah the prints of just the uh animated stuff they sent that off with the reference shots to ILM because ILM pops up every time you do anything what? that's special effects There's related. There's a special yeah. effect thing involved. Yep, and then here here comes ILM every time. Uh, they actually went in then, and that's how they did that volumetric stuff. They created an entire new layer that would that went in with the animations and the background images that are just that volumetric lighting and mm-hmm. shading mm-hmm. on everything. So that that actually was that was actually layered in on top. And they were able to. That's how that the shadows were cast. And everything that's that wasn't so done by the animators. Awesome. That was done by ILM. I know it's such an amazing process, and a lot of it was just manual. There was very little they could do. Uh, and then, and then at that point, once they had done those intermediary volumetric layering, then they would composite that in with that same composite, like we were talking about, where mm-hmm. they played all three elements: the background, the composite, mm-hmm. um, the 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 anim- the yeah. And the that's just tune composite and then the thing yeah and they all ran that together and that's that's what you see and they're so happy now that they can just go ahead and do it on computer <laughs> especially <laughs> with the amount of like material that went into every single yeah. one of these just talking yeah. about like who framed roger rabbit alone the amount of reels the amount of drawings the mm-hmm. amount of material mm-hmm. alone yeah. that went into this yeah. is just unfathomable yeah, it's it's an incredible film. It's a great way to kind of capstone hybrid movies as a as a concept because it does show where they were able to get to before we kind of developed into the world of CG and photoreal renderings in with stuff which is very commonplace now. And yeah. if I was more talented, I could just do it on my editing workstation. You know, it's not it's not it's not even that you don't even need that yeah, specialized. Like I said, you can anymore. even do it on your your cell phone nowadays. There's yeah, processes yeah. in there. Yeah, I mean, so it's, there's a there's a Snapchat filter out right now to add cartoon <laughs> eyes to your pets. So exactly. I mean, it's it's become everyday household stuff that you can do. Yeah. But the it's amazing to yeah yeah to find out how this was even thought up and then evolved. That, yeah, it it makes the little nerd yeah. inside me happy. Yeah. Oh yes, very much so. Anyways, big, this has been WD Carousel of podcast. My name's Crystal. 
And I'm Ian. And we hope you have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye.